Uh, to start off our very important forum on the Ten Commandments, I've asked uh, Brother Levi Welling from Norton to lead us in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to be here and to be with one another, to fellowship with one another, to be in your presence, to see friends we may have not seen for a while. Let us not take it for granted that we have this time to fellowship with one another. Most importantly, Lord, as the theme of the week is, help us to for, not to forget that you are holy and that we are not holy. And while it is impossible for us to be perfect, we're thankful that you provided a way for us to be perfected. At this time, Lord, we would ask that you would bless the brother who gives the form today, Brother Irwin, and that he would speak through him, that you would embolden us and inspire us and motivate us to do the right thing for you and to be good witnesses for you and the world around us. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you, Levi. I just got word that Roy, your, your leader for the uh, singing, your choir, wants you guys there on time, but last, yesterday it took one hour to get through four commandments. Does anybody know the math? How long is it going to take through ten commandments? A little bit more than an hour, a little less than an hour, two hours. Luke, don't think too hard about it. I, I don't want you to strain your brain there. <laughs> All right. You'll, you'll, Roy, will get you, I will get you out on time. I, I cut it, sliced and diced it. Okay. I want to start off with a story, because I want to be relevant to you guys. The Bible sometimes, just kidding, is not good enough. No, I want to give you a story. I got my glasses, not these same ones. They were, they were bigger, like almost like welding glasses when I was like in uh, 1996 or 7. I went to uh, an interview for my job while I was in college, and oh, I also wanted to give a shout Jen gave a shout-out. I gave a shout-out to my daughter. I got my two nieces over there. I got my nephew right over here. How are you doing, Ethan? Right? So all you guys have to behave, right? I got also my nephew, Logan, Nicholas. Uh, Brittany's not here. And I think there's, there's probably one more. Col no, Colson's not here. Is there anyone else? All right. Those are all my niece and nephews. And then there's, there's Aubrey raises her hand. She's really not my niece or nephew. And then there's a semi-second cousin, one's removed or something like that. You know, we Adriana. All right. Anyways, shout out to all you. Oh, Alyssa back there. Another shout out. Okay, well, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going any further. No, no, no more. I'm related to half the Delics, most of them, everyone, so that's everybody here. Broncas, yes. Luke, Luke Broncas, I know, in here. Then there's, who's that? Jeremy Bronca. And who's after that? Nicole Bronca's up there, in there. Nicole, right there. There you go. Okay, I'm not counting you, Oliver, or one of these guys. No, you do not count. Okay, so, anyways, I went to my interview, or in my test, for my eyeglasses, and she kept, she's, she's doing these tests, and I look at her, and I'm, it, it thing is blurry. I'm looking at it, you know, you get the A, the, all the letters, and I'm like, I looked at the, the, the lady that was doing it, and I said, why are you making the test blurry for me? And she says, sir, I am not, it's not supposed to be blurry. And I went to campus, they gave me some glasses, I went to campus, and I realized, oh my goodness, I cannot see I can't see the sign. And I realized, you know where I was sitting in all the classes? In the front or the back? Front. I didn't even know I was doing that, but I was compensating for my lack of sight. What I, one of the things in these Ten Commandments, what I want us to do is I want us to realize we sometimes don't see our own sin. And what was so cool about these Ten Commandments, when I went through them, I've been studying for about six, seven months, I'm going to do a sermon on them, or ten sermons on them in Mansfield, so you're going to get the condensed version. When I did this, I realized there was sin in my life. Stuff I didn't know was sin. And that's the cool thing. And I, I want that. It's not just good to study it and, oh, I study it. Now I know the Ten Commandments. I want there to be change in all of your lives when you guys study the Ten Commandments. What I want you to do now, though, knowing that that's kind of our goal, I want you guys to, if you guys have a piece of paper or on your phones, and I'm going to call on one of you, I want you to think about ten character. Let's do like three characteristics. Write three characteristics of yourself. You're allowed to take out your phones here now, but you're not allowed to text boys or girls or even vice versa. 
And I will be checking. I have, a text, I have a monitor here. I'm checking that for that. So take your phones out if you have, or if you have a pencil. Or if you can just think of three characteristics that define who you are. Uh, I'm not going to embarrass anybody here, like, but somebody that rhymes with Shmia Schwebel, she would say she's a gymnast. She likes to run. Um, and, you know, she likes to watch the Goldbergs, okay? Those are three. I don't want to embarrass, so that's why I use this name that you wouldn't know. So, so then there's other things. Maybe you like to bike. Maybe you like to uh, play an instrument. Maybe you, you don't like it when somebody embarrasses you. So I want, I'm going to call on one of you. Think, think of three things about yourself that, that is who you are and really something that's not going to change. Maybe even your height. If you're 6'2", probably not going to change, right? That would be a characteristic of yourself. So we'll give you about a minute to think of these things. And I'm going to call on one of you, maybe probably one of you that I know. So think of something. Three things. Yes. Three. Three's good. Ten's too much. Three's enough. You're not that interesting just yet. All of you, not just you in particular, everybody. Still young, meaning you get more interesting as life goes on. All right, Phil, why don't you stand up? Well, you sure know how to stand up on the basketball course. Stand up here, too. All right. Three characteristics of yourself that would be you, that you, that you wouldn't want somebody saying, oh, Phil, I don't like that about you. Love basketball. Okay, love basketball. Love comedy. And Too short to play in the NBA. That's the, yeah, not, nothing you can do about that, right? Not right? But what if I would say to you, why do you like basketball? That's dumb. You should stop liking basketball. Okay, now if I said this to him, what would you guys say to me in telling Phil he should stop liking basketball? What would you say? Like, you should start liking hockey. Okay, Canadians, don't get all up. Okay, um, what's that one little cricket, cricket or croquet? Crochet? But if, okay, if I told him that he needed a change, would you guys say Erwin lay off of him? Right? You would. Thank you very much. We would lay off him and say, it's okay, Phil, for you to like basketball. It's okay that you're not going to be because of your height in the NBA. It's okay for you. What was the other one? Uh, comedy. It's okay that you like comedy. That's good. What we want to do is when we look at these Ten Commandments, positive, you can sit down now. What we're looking at these Ten Commandments is think of these as characteristics of God. This is who God is. We would never tell Phil, you need to start liking crochet or cricket or... <laughs> right? We would say, it's okay. He's pretty good. He scored 19. Even though I did not play in the three-point contest, so officially he did not beat me. Right. right, okay. So we wouldn't tell him to stop that. How, I mean, how many times do we, when we talk about God, do we think, God, why did you make yourself that way? Why are you so strict? Why do you really want us not to lie? Is it such a big deal not to lie? We are, we're giving deference to Phil and saying, hey, Erwin, lay off of Phil. If he likes, football, he likes comedy, if he likes basketball, lay off of him. Don't be such a, a hard-nosed on that. But yet when it comes to God's Ten Commandments, how many times do we think, how many of us, how many times have many of us said in our minds, raise your hand, like, I don't know if God's going to be that strict on Judgment Day. Like, you know, you have to, he's going to throw everybody in hell who doesn't believe in him, who hasn't had faith in him forever. How many of you have ever thought, like, is God really going to do that? I've thought of that. Anybody have ever thought, like, why is he, that's a little bit harsh, right? Come on. Right? I've thought of it. It's a little bit harsh. We're thinking about it. Guy doesn't believe in God. He deserves hell forever. So we're going to look at these Ten Commandments. And I want you to think of your characteristics. Nobody would want to say, change these characteristics of you that are core to you. Obviously, if you have an annoying personality, or, you know, you, you, you could probably change that a little bit. There's things you can change. We're not, we're not perfect in our state that we are in now, no matter how young we are. So, how many times have you guys heard, that's in the Old Testament? What does that mean? Okay, you hit on a good thing, Luke. You hit on a good thing, because if it's contradicted in the New Testament, then we got, that gives us some thought, right? But how many times have, you, have we heard like, somebody will just say, oh, it's in the Old Testament, I'm not going to listen to it. Ah, it's in the Old Testament, right? Well, I'm not going to listen. That's in the Old Testament. I mean, that's old, who cares? Do they apply today? How many of you guys keep the Ten Commandments? You guys, you guys don't keep the Ten Commandments? How many of you guys try to keep the Ten Commandments? How many of you guys keep it 90% of the time? 80? 70? 
So if God is pleased with us, how much do we have to keep the Ten Commandments or the law of God? How much do we have to keep it? 100% all the time or 100% 90% of the time? What was it? 100%, 100% of the time. So I want, when we look through these two, these ten, I want us to start thinking, man, this is a strict God. This is an austere God. Remember, what's our theme this week? He's a, look at God, be holy. And the next part is, for God is holy. God is a, has high, high standards. And what, what, I'm, what the scripture has showed me is, and I want it to show us, is the Ten Commandments, are they a stepladder to heaven? Like if you keep the first commandments, the, the, no other gods before them, and then the graven image, and then the name, does that mean you're getting to heaven? Is this a stepladder to heaven, the Ten Commandments? I heard no. Any yeses? No, it's not a stepladder to heaven. And the reason why it's not a stepladder to heaven is because it's not. Okay, so we did all this. Okay. The negative aspect. So we know God has these characteristics, and God is God, and God is like, oh, you, mean, you don't like my characteristic that I'm holy? Oh, let me kowtow to you, human beings, and I'll become less because you think this of me. God created us. God made us. He's not interested in our opinion of himself. That's something, I tell you what, in this world we live in, that is not easy for us to handle. God is not interested in what you think or what you think about him and thinking that he's too austere. He does not care what you think about him, that he needs to change his characteristics. Because he is 100% self-sufficient in himself. He does not care. And that's how, you know, in, in the age we live in, in maybe the past 10, 15 years, we're taught like, we heard in the beginning of the sermon from uh, on, yesterday from Tom was, you know, we need to be gentle with each other. No, we, we serve a holy God and God does not care what we think as far as if he's too austere or too, too rough. Um, some of the negatives, that's a positive way to look at it. God is this God, we want to get to know him. If you, like if you wanted to get to know Phil... There's obviously only three characteristics. There's a lot more to fill to know about him. There's a lot more than any characteristics, even my daughter Leah. There's more than, you know, you, you can talk to her about other things than just the Goldbergs and gymnastics and running. You, there's other things, right? You can talk about other things, Leah? Some other things, right? All right. But some of the negatives is, some of the negatives is, you wouldn't, how many of you would stick your hand in a socket or your fingers with, with some uh, metal in an outlet? No, you wouldn't. Why wouldn't you? Stung, yeah? I'm doing a re reno right now, and I, I cut some wire, turned the power back on, and I'm working around it, and my, my knee hit the wire. It's probably the second time in my life I've been shocked. It didn't even do anything, but it was unpleasant. No, you don't want to do that. It's danger. Um, how many of you guys would, at your, at your dorm, lick the toilet seat after somebody took a, took a nasty dump? No, you wouldn't do that, right? Because you know... There's danger. And you wouldn't say, come on, E. coli, why are you doing this to me? Right? You wouldn't do that. That'd be dumb. How many of you guys would go in front of a moving bus and the bus hits you and you're like, what's up with momentum? Why is it doing this to me? We wouldn't do that, right? And so when we think of the Ten Commandments, these are, negatively, this is a negative. This is who God is. Don't stick your hand in a socket. Don't lick the toilet bowl. Don't run in front of a bus. You're not going to defeat gravity. When you jump off a cliff, gravity's going to work. We're not Superman. Okay, so let's get into the Ten Commandments, the prologue. Can somebody read this? Anybody? Nicole, read it. Okay. Why do I include, and is it important to include the first part of that, of the Ten Commandments? This is the beginning of the Ten Commandments. A couple things. You can find the Ten Commandments. And what other place can you find the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament? I will not give you any candy. I will not entice you that way. You just, everybody will know you're smarter. Where's the other place in the Old Testament you can find it? Repeated. Huh? Anybody? In the back? Yeah, Deuteronomy. There you go. Nice job. Very good. Deuteronomy chapter 5 or 6? Yeah, 50% chance. 5. Yeah, there you go. Good job. Okay. Why was it important to include the first part? Yes, that's a good, good point. In Egypt, they had a tons of gods. They're very pantheistic. Tons and tons of gods. So they're coming out of 400 years of being with a whole slew of gods. The first thing he says is, is this commandment. But when, one thing I want you to consider is, any of you who are unsaved here, if you think this is a stairway to heaven, this is not. And a week ago, after studying this for six months, I'm still studying it, 
um, after studying this, I realized, oh my, good, oh my goodness, this is so awesome. He took us, he took Israel out of bondage. And then he said, hey guys, I'm taking you out of bondage. I am saving you. And then now do this. I want you all to understand what, what God is saying is here. In order to fulfill the Ten Commandments, you have first got to be pulled out of sin. God has first got to draw you out and call you. And you've got to first realize your sin and your sin nature before you can keep the Ten Commandments. Because you're never going to be able to keep them even after you're saved fully. But the only way it makes any sense is He's got to draw you out of that bondage. Thank you very much. Alright. Commandment number one. There's no other gods before me. What, are some, what does that mean? What is that, when you think of that commandment, what do you think of? What are, some, what are some gods that we have in this world that we have? Besides God, Jehovah. Fake gods, idols, right? Baal, remember Baal in the Old Testament? Okay, in the back. Sam, uh, Robbie? They play what? Fortnite. Fortnite, big idol, right? Is it a, it's obviously a game, right? It's a gaming thing. How many of you guys play Fortnite? Okay, it's an idol. No, I'm just <laughs> All right, it could be. Anything could be an idol, right? What are some other idols? What are some other idols that could be out there? A gaming thing. You folk, any, anything else? What about me, some broader perspectives? Yes. Social media. Can that be an idol? Well, how can that be an idol? Does anybody bow down to a social media? Idol yourself? Putting the spotlight on yourself. Is that social media? That's your, and how many times are we all worried about, and I'll, ra- I'll raise my hand to this because it's, how many of you have posted something and you're counting how fast you get your likes to your little minimum of 80? Maybe that's even low for you guys. Is 80 low? That's low, right? Okay, that's, that tells you what, how many friends I have, right? 80 is high for me. But how many of you guys, raise your hand, have looked at and said, have I reached my threshold in my mind of how many likes? And you're kind of wondering, yeah, right? And everybody who, who wasn't raising their hands, you know you are in your heart. Okay. So, what other idols are there? Netflix, watching movies, right? Or just, yeah, just sitting there wasting many hours. Okay, this commandment says, there are no other gods before me. And what we're missing here is a little bit what we call throne language. In Canada, you guys understand this, maybe a little bit more because you're in the commonwealth of who? England, right? The commonwealth of the queen. So in the, you know, the queen, there's a court, and this is throne language. What I mean by throne language is, when you come before the king, or, or the queen, or a monarch, or a sovereign, you come in there, there's no one else there. And what God is saying is, I am not to be ranked number one amongst all your gods. I am your only God. When nations would, be, would conquer other nations, what they would do is they would take their, their head god, and they would say, okay, here's the head God, we're going to worship this, and everybody else is a little, is, is minuscule, is a little bit lower. God is saying here, there is no other God, everything is less, your job, your school, your, who you're going to marry, everything else, your popularity, Netflix, uh, Trite Night, was it Fortnite or Fortnite? Fortnite. Fortnite, that, that, that's, that's all lower, all those things are lower. The, the word that we would use, anyone who wants to uh, understand, is uh, henotheistic. Henotheistic means that there are a multiplicity of gods, lots of gods, but there's one head god, and that would be, you know, we, we might say God is that head. No, there are, there is no other gods. He's exclusive. Would, would, uh, would Buddha and would Allah, would, would, would uh, Joseph Smith and these types, would these, would these be false gods? Absolutely 100%. 100% false deities, and they all lead to eternal damnation. There is only one God. But for us as Christians, too, we need to remember there, any of our other aspirations fall below. How does Jesus remember? And Jesus fulfills the whole law. Everything Jesus fulfilled it. And the way we know he fulfilled this, this how did he fill this commandment? Before Abraham was, he said, I am. Jesus was in the burning bush, Jesus was at Mount Sinai. Jesus was in creation. Jesus fulfills the entire Old Testament and these Ten Commandments. Okay, the essence of this commandment is we need to worship the right God. We're not to worship the wrong God. This essence, if you want to boil it down to no other gods before me, worship the right God all the time. Commandment number two. Can somebody read this? You, we've, we've oftentimes heard, thank you so much. We've heard so much, so many times 
that the first four commandments, and if you look at the, they're on the first tablets, even though we don't really know that it was only on the, there was two tablets. The first four relate to God. Look how much God has to say about himself. Look how much he has to say about himself. Huge, huge amount about himself. Thou sh- you, you will not make unto you any graven image of anything in the heaven, of anything in the earth, anything. You don't bow down. And the word that you, it's implied there is you don't worship them nor serve them. I'm a jealous God. Is it okay, is it okay that God is jealous? Wait, if I'm jealous, wh- why is that wrong but God's not jealous? It's a very good question. I mean, it's a very good. Somebody said yes. Why is it okay for God to be jealous and me not or you not? He's a what? It's a righteous jealousy. Great. That's, I agree with that. Anything else? Phil? Yes. We want what other people have. And does God have any, does God need anything? Self-sufficient? Does God, this, this might go against maybe sometimes with some sermons that we hear or some thinking we hear. Does God need us to worship him? No. No. Does he desire us to worship him? Yeah. But he does not need us to worship him. There's no need in God. He's not pining like, oh, he's not worshiping me today. He's not doing that. Or you, if you're not worshiping him today, he doesn't, he's not pining about it. So when you're not worshiping him, who are you hurting? You're hurting yourself, exactly. Robbie? He talks about, like, because it's not a selfish jealous for us, but as in that he loves all the bad things. So it's an unselfish jealousy. Awesome. That's very good. Robbie, we'll leave with that. It's an unselfish jealousy to protect us. Very well, 100% correct. Thanks, Robbie. That's exactly what it is. Okay. We can see he shows mercy. And I think it's really important to see if you bow down or if you have other, other, uh, if you have other graven images, you hate God. Is there any medium ground between love? Is, does, do you either love God or hate God or is there an in-between? Like a kind of like him, kind of not like him. Is it love or hate, or is it in between? Love or hate? You either love or you hate God. All right, here we go. Is this a continuation of the second commandment? How many times have you guys thought the second commandment is just a continuation of the first commandment? I thought that. Right? Baal, you have the worship of Baal, and you have the image of Baal, and God's just repeating himself just so you know, hey, guys, I don't want you to worship that idol, which, you know, I told you not to worship in the beginning. This is not a continuation of the first commandment. This is basically saying, and the essence of it is, worship the right God in the right manner as He wishes to be worshipped. He doesn't want you to... Why, is it, why doesn't God want images of Himself? Anybody think, why doesn't God want images? He specifically said images of Himself. He does not want us to make an idol and say, this is the God that brought us out of Israel, out of Egypt. You guys remember what they... That, uh, Aaron made the two calves, right? Or the calf, and they worshipped it. Was that God the wrong God? Was that God the wrong God that they were worshipping? No. That God, that calf, was the right God, but God, they were worshipping Him incorrectly. God did not want them to worship Him in that calf. And why, why, do, why are images, when you go into our churches, right? If you go into a Roman Catholic church, if you go into an Eastern Orthodox church, what will you see in the church? Jesus on the cross, right? What is, okay, Jesus on the cross. What does that connotate? And if you see Jesus on the cross, is that sufficient to understand who Jesus is? Phil? No, no it's not, because what is he doing right now? Is he on the cross now? No. He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. He's overcome sin. He's arose, right? He's arisen. And that's why what we are, and why, why worship is so important, preaching is the most important mode, that, because God gave it for us. He said preaching is, is the way I've, the foolishness of preaching. He wants us to explain who He is. If you see an image, you see an image on your phone, right? If you see something on your phone, you remember your image really well. And then if you see Jesus on the cross, in our minds, we limit him to on the cross. And we see him, when we see him walking by Galilee, and I'm not saying, you, 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 this is not saying you can't have helps in books, but what this is saying is, you are not to have that image of God and worship him and say, I'm worshiping Jesus, but I'm just going to look at this Jesus on the cross and think of him that way, because he's more than just on the cross. God wants us to worship him correctly. He wants us to worship him correctly in the right manner how is this what are some ways we can violate this today anybody have any thoughts about how you can violate this today 
We know through images. What are some other ways that you think you, you've seen it violated or you violate it in your life? Have any, how many of you guys have violated this commandment? I violated it. How many of you, so all of you guys worship God the way he wants to all the time. So how many of you guys have violated this commandment? All of you. We sometimes look at this commandment, oh, this is easy. I, I'm not bowing down to the idol. That's not what that means. That's, not just, that's what it means, but that's not all what it means. And what I want you this, this morning is to think, think behind the commandment. What is Jesus, what is God saying behind the commandment? Don't dumb down the commandment so you can meet it. Don't dumb it down to think, oh, now I meet that commandment because I haven't, no, I have, I, you know, when I, you see these images, you see these people in Asia or whatever, and they're bowing to, and we kind of think, well, how dumb, how dumb they bow down to this. If we don't worship God correctly, if he tells us to worship him in a certain way at a certain time and with certain people in church, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll skip church or our minds will be far from God or we'll be singing a song and our minds won't even be there. That's worshiping God, the right God, incorrectly because our hearts aren't in it. It's still good to do, but it's worshiping the right God incorrectly. And that's a violation of the Ten Commandments and you should be executed. I should be executed for that. What we need to see is, is when somebody in the world tells you, oh, I keep the Ten Commandments. Oh yeah, right now, brother, guys here, every one of us is 0 for 2. We've only gone through two commandments. We've got eight more to go. Eight more to go, and all of us here, if we're honest with ourselves, if we're dishonest, then whatever, it doesn't really matter. But if you're, if you're honest with yourself, you're 0 for 2. Worship the right God correctly. Tell me to read this. We're on the third commandment now. Okay. How do we violate this commandment? How have you violated this commandment? Yes. Okay. Flippantly using the name of God. Okay, any other ways? Good. Robbie, quick. Oh my gosh, oh my goodness, gee whiz. Is that, would you say that that is the big thing that God is trying to teach here? Is that what God, that's, is that the thrust of this commandment? Is that the most important thing of this commandment? Okay, we're the Broncos, right? Where are some of the Broncos here? Oh, you weren't paying attention, were you? What's the answer? I didn't ask a question. See? No, I'm just kidding. No. Okay. If your parents were to say, your last name is Bronca, right? And if, I, if they were to say, what did, did they ever tell you, you know, you're a Bronca, don't embarrass the name. Don't embarrass the family, right? How many, if you, has that ever been said to you? Don't embarrass the family. And I will not tell your, your mom, which I know is not uh, Christine or Andy. I won't let them know that what happened here. We got a little secret in everybody else's. But you guys can tell them. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, uh, you're Ollie? Ollie, all right. No. Okay, in your name, right? There's, there's something to your last name. We all bear, those of us who are Christians, bear the last name. We, we are Christian. And I bear the name Webble. I tell my children, do not embarrass the Webble name. And that's okay to do. Do not embarrass the Webble name. Do not embarrass the name of Christ. What's in a name? God has decided, God has decided he has a name. And if we, if we misuse his name, if we say stuff like this, okay, cussing, swearing, is, is swearing, if I say the word damn, D-A-M-N, is that, is that breaking this commandment? Rigorously. Is, this, is it breaking this commandment? No, Leah, it's not. Nice try. What's the other answer? It's no, it's not breaking this commandment. There's other words about uh, following, uh, uh, let no filthy communication come out of your mouth, but this is specifically God's name. How many times have you guys said, my God wouldn't do that? You know, I believe it means this. I believe it means this. How about this? When somebody tells you, I believe the Lord has led me to do this. Have you ever heard anybody, how many of you have ever heard somebody say this? I believe the Lord has led me to do this. Is there a problem in saying that? What could, or what could be the problem in saying that? Using it just a way to get people to you, like meaning like using his name in vain? Yeah, 100%. You say something like that, I believe the Lord has led me to do that. That's the trump card, and nothing to do with Donald. It was long before Donald came around as the trump card. That is the trump card. If you say that, who can argue with you? Are you going to argue that God didn't lead me to do that? Who are you to argue with my God? No, guys, we do that so many times. We say, oh, the Lord led me to do it. And if somebody challenges you, oh, suddenly it's like they're challenging God. 
You mess with God. me on that one, you're messing with God. My God, right here. We are taking the name of the Lord our God in vain. We can say, I think I should do this. I'm, I think I'm going to do this. I think the Scripture tells me that I should do this. But when we say that God has led me, He showed me in a vision, this is what I should do. And then I, and I say, well, are you sure that was, wasn't a satanic vision? <gasps> You're accusing me of being a Satan worshiper? No. What we're saying is, let's follow the Scripture. If it's in the Scripture, it's going to be crystal clear. If it's not forbidden by Scripture, then it's acceptable to do. If it's not said you can't do this, it, it, there, then, it, then, it will be, then it could be God's will. But we need to not take the name of the Lord our God in vain by being, oh, this is what the Lord has led me to do, and you can't argue with me about it. Jesus, or in the Old Testament, there's a lot of names. Anybody remember some of the names in the Old Testament of God? Who? Gary? No, not Gary. Close. You were probably meant to say Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Anybody know what it means Jehovah Jireh means? Provide. Remember that? Was that the, when was that at? Abraham and Isaac, yeah. Um, you, you're the one, you, no, your brother had the, your brother had the uh, uh, pre-camp campfire on that, right? Or was that you? Oh, you weren't there. So you even know that. That's even awesome. Yeah, God provided the ram in the thicket. So anytime we don't believe God's going to provide for us, we're worried about that test. We're worried about who am I going to marry. We're worried about uh, where my job going to come from. Am I liked enough? We take the name of the Lord our God in vain. Because we're Christians. And all the Old Testament names of God belong to the same, it's the same Old Testament God, it's the same New Testament God. So anytime Jehovah, the, uh, Jireh, the provider, the protector, anytime we think God's not going to protect us, anytime you think that God's not going to be there with us, anytime we think that God is not an awesome God, and we think that we're, we're too weak, we take the name of the Lord our God in vain. And when people at school see us all distressed and, and we, when we're doubting who God is and what He says He is, we take the name of the Lord our God in vain. So now we're on commandment three. How many of us have violated the third commandment? All of you have. And if you're unconverted, and you, actually all of us have, even if you don't raise your hand. I'm not going to ask it anymore. We've all done it. But I want you to realize that you have the essence of this commandment is speak correctly about the correct God and His characteristics. Don't lie about God. Oh yeah, I just want to go over this before we finish, before we continue. Um, how do we decide what we, in the Old Testament, something's in the Old Testament, right? How do we decide what we follow in the New Testament if it's in the Old Testament? How do we decide what carries over into the New Testament? Dylan, how do we decide that? <laughs> I didn't notice you were talking either. No, forget it. No. How do we decide, Dylan? How do we decide what in the Old Testament we carry over into the New Testament? Good question, right? Okay, you think on it. We'll, give, we'll get some other answers. So God said not to kill. How do we decide whether we follow it in the New Testament? Whether or not Jesus fulfilled it? Okay, that's one. All right. How many of you guys have your parents told you don't, you know, don't shove your brother in the oven and turn it on? Right? You, right? So if he told you on one day, your dad told you on one day, don't do that. Maybe it was Saturday. Sunday comes around. And you shove him in the oven, and your, just before you turn it on, your dad goes, you know, what's your name? John. John, what are you doing? And you're like, Dad, you didn't tell me today to do that. What's your dad going to say? Hey, son, if I tell you not to shove your brother in the oven yesterday, it goes on all the way until I change it. And that's how we have to look at the commandments in the Old Testament. Unless God changes it, it's still in effect. It's still in effect. Unless there's a change, a modification, amendment, sometimes it's completely thrown out. There are commandments that are completely thrown out. We won't go over them, but there are commandments like eating pork. That has been thrown out. That's one. I'm just going to go over one. But if God said in the Old Testament, the only way it's invalid in the New Testament is if He changes it. Good. Good. I'm glad your dad told you that. That's wise, wise advice. Next. This is the uh, fourth commandment. Somebody read this. Again, look at this. This is still about God. Look how much he's, he's still talking about himself. He really cares about our relationship with him and who he is. This commandment. Thank you. Do we follow the Sabbath day today? Come on. Some confidence. I see some shaking heads. I want somebody to yell it out. Yes? Huh? Yeah. Are we actively, do we follow the Sabbath day as it's prescribed in the Old Testament today in the, in the New Testament? 
All right, what, how do we violate it? Yeah. Now, there are three tests that have historically been acceptable to do on, and it's a good carryover into the New, into the New Testament Sabbath. Works of piety. What are works of piety? Preachers, they work. You work on Sunday. I, when I'm preaching on Sunday, that's work. I, I work. That's work. If I'm counseling somebody, or if you're doing, you're teaching Sunday school, or you're, that is work. Works of piety. What are works of necessity? What would be some works of necessity? Making food, okay. What about professions? Doctors, nurses. These, these are traditional. And then there's one, uh, works of, there's um, one like of, of protection, like uh, firefighters, right? Police officers. If, if we knew that on one day everybody took off on that day, a lot of fires would be started, a lot of robberies would occur, et cetera, et cetera. But, okay, the question is, does this, does this apply in the New Testament? So we're going to go through this. Works of piety and necessity and charity. Going and visiting. Our youth group in Mansfield, one of the neatest things that they've been doing for, and I know a lot of you youth groups probably do this, is for the past 40, 50 years or more, we go and visit elderly and sing to them on Sunday. Working in a soup kitchen, is it acceptable to do that on Sunday? Yeah, of course it is. We probably maybe don't do it as much as we should. But yes, absolutely. Helping people out is, is, a, is a good thing to do. Want to go, I just want to, we're not going to get into this too much because of time, but punishment for a violation on the Sabbath day. Picking up sticks. What happened to people, the guy who picked up sticks in the Old Testament? Stone, stone right? With big stones. These aren't like little pebbles. They threw stones at him. Is it a little extreme? How many of you guys think that's a little extreme? Picking up sticks. Next time your parents tell you that in the backyard or something, Dad, I don't want to be stoned. See if he figures it out. Like, it's not, you know, this isn't the Saturday. And if it's on Saturday, you might even trump him even more. Dad, I'll do it on Sunday, but not on Saturday. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And this guy who did it, he did it flippantly. They even waited a while, waited till the judges came. And, they, you know, it, it was a serious contemplation of what should happen. It looked like this, this gentleman who was picking up sticks, he was doing it defiantly, defying the, the Lord God. Um, captivity. The reason Israel went into captivity, the scriptures say, um, was because they didn't follow the, ten, they didn't follow the uh, Sabbath day. But here we go. Um, here's some New Testament scriptures. And I, I, always, I, I didn't know this until now, so I looked at it. Uh, I almost prefer, maybe some of our parents probably prefer the King James Version of this one. All the other versions say this, for which of you having a son or an ox that fall into a well on the Sabbath day will not immediately pull him out? The King James says, which of you will have an ass? So this is what the King James says, and this is what the uh, ESV says. I, so I don't know if, they're, if the King James Version people had some bad sons or something, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, here it is. So here's some New Testament scriptures. Obviously, on, on Sunday, any of you guys who any of you guys have farms or something, you, there's things you have to do. They don't wait. The milk that needs to be you know, gotten from the cow, it doesn't say, oh, I'll wait till Monday. No big deals. No big deal. Um, then also, Colossians 2.16 says, So don't let anyone condemn or judge you, in the King James, for what you eat or drink, celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. So basically, there is some alteration in the New Testament for the Sabbath day, but the essence of it is we should be corporately worshiping church. We should talk about... You guys have, how many of you guys have lunch in church after, after the after this morning sermon? That's a good opportunity if you're in Sunday school or something. Talk about the sermon. Talk about what the preacher said. Even if it's, even if it's not positive or, you know, the, the, talk about what you didn't agree with, what you disagreed with, or what you liked, how you can improve. If you were in Sunday school, talk about your Sunday school class. We have six days that we talk about the worldly stuff of our life. This is a day that should be set aside. And in bold it says Sunday should be set aside from other days. Jesus fulfills this in Hebrews 4. He's our Sabbath rest. Essence is, trust in the Lord for your provision. Trust He can provide for you in six days what you need. Um, my brother-in-law, Tom Dimonoski, said that, the, uh, that Chick-fil-A, it's always annoying when we're traveling down to camp on Sunday, Chick-fil-A is closed, right? I love Chick-fil-A. But it's closed on Sunday. But on the way home on Saturday, it won't be. They, make more, they made more money per store, per capital, compared to all the other, I think, compared to all the other uh, fast food stores, yet they do not work they do not have on Sunday. So it's just something to think about. God, what, what God wanted the Israelites to know is, I will provide for you in these six days, and you'll be able to rest on the seventh. Honor, honor thy father and mother, that the days may be in the land, may be long, 
which that you, that they may be long upon the land which the Lord God giveth thee. What is honoring? How do you honor your mom and dad? Obeying them, okay. Anything else? Very good. Respecting them. How, how many of you guys are going to share with your parents and discuss with them who you like and who you want to marry? Do you guys think that that should happen? It should? Just not now? Oh yeah, some of you are a little young. But I want to advise you guys, so he's not, any of you girls are wondering, he's not ready just yet, all right. (laughs) So how many of you guys are going to, when when it comes time for marriage, are open enough with your parents to discuss with them? Good. And I'll honestly say, my mom and dad, I love them very much, and they were good parents. This was one thing. It was, we did not discuss this thing. I mean, if girls liked me, it was, you know, they're not to call the house. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty, it was austere. I did not discuss with my parents. And I, my wife's family, they were very open about who likes who and what was going on. And I think it's very, it's important to get your parents input and discussion on it. And if maybe your parents aren't open enough about that, uh, maybe you could even discuss with them. Hey, you know, we, ta- we, were, we were taught in the forum that we should discuss this with our parents. How would you feel, mom and dad, if I discussed that with you? Would you shut it down? Would you just say, oh, they're not the right family. They're not good. If your parents do that, then you need to maybe discuss that with them. That's inappropriate. If it's just, they're, you know, if it's just a bunch of negative stuff or they want their will on you. But it is, it, in an ideal world, biblically, we should, you should be able to talk with your parents about, about these things. Um, discussing them. How do, you, how do we dishonor our parents? Disobeying was one. What else? Because you run the oven? That's highly dishonorable. You're right. Amen. <laughs> Enough said. Drop the mic, right? Anything else? How about talking back to your parents? Rolling your eyes? How about when... When making, imitating them in front of other people. Have any of you guys ever done that? And like, I just, and what happens when you get home? Don't you ever do that again, right? That's what happens. You imitate your parents. It's disrespectful. Are your parents your buddies? Is that all they are? No. I mean, it's good that they are friends, and, but they are not just your buddies. Because they're teaching you about God. They're the first people to teach you about Jesus Christ. Um, Submitting to authority. When your parents say that you should listen to the forum leader and stuff like that, and teachers and police officers, that's all about submitting to authority, is submitting to your parents. Your parents delegate authority. They've delegated authority to me, to the deans in the back. And you are to obey them for your own protection. All right, we don't have anybody. Thou shalt not kill. That's why it's so simple. Um, how many of you guys have kept the command. We got a commandment here, right? The thou shalt not kill. How many of you guys are murderers here? Come on. Aubrey, that was, thank, Aubrey made me laugh. Aubrey, I love Aubrey. Like, Aubrey liked my joke. I'm going to do it again, Aubrey. You're going to laugh again. How many of you guys here are murderers? You laughed. Good. Aubrey, keep laughing. It makes, makes me feel good. Okay. Anybody murderers here? I'm a murderer. Well, if you're honest, yeah. Yeah. Why would I say I'm a murderer? Because what? Have I ever hated my brother? Yes, I have. Spiritual brother and physical brother. Yeah, what back? Yes, angry. And here's the thing. Here's my, in the back here. You played what? Video game to kill someone? We, can, we won't debate that now, but it's interesting. That's something to discuss, something to think about. That's a fodder for discussion. Fodder means something to discuss, some ammunition to discuss. Yes. My sins nailed Christ to the cross. I will not disagree with that. Yep, agree with it, 100%. Okay, so... Thou shalt not, not, not kill. Here's what Jesus said. You have heard that your ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say unto you, and this is what Jesus said, there's always something behind each commandment. Jesus picked two commandments. There's something behind each commandment. Each commandment is just don't murder. So if I just haven't taken a knife and jabbed somebody in the back, then I'm okay. If I just haven't slit somebody's throat or I haven't just blown away with an m16 or an m225 if there's such a thing you know i'm okay i haven't done it i haven't bombed your house no what christ is saying here is if you're even angry with someone okay angry with somebody how many of you guys have been angry with someone 
murderers. Now, I just want you also to know, the word is actually just kill, but it's not just the way we interpret it. Even though many versions say murder, they're doing interpretation, which they really shouldn't do. It should still be kill. But why is it murder and not just kill? Think about the Old Testament. Yes. Yeah, it can't be just kill, because the next chapter, I think, uh, Exodus 21, Exodus 21 says the commandment of, if you break it, you were to execute. So there, in in the uh, Hebrew, there's a very generic word for kill. There's two different words for kill, and not, not one just means murder, not one just means kill, but you have to look at the context. Israelites were told to go to war. What happens in war? Killing. Like Rush Limbaugh says, war is meant for what? To kill people and break things. So Israel was told to kill, and they were also told to execute when people violated. So this does not just mean universal ban on killing. So when we say, you know, if you're against abortion, which is killing, if you're saying against capital punishment, there's other reasons. You can't use this one for being against capital punishment. That would be bad, bad um, exegesis. That would be bad interpretation of Scripture. Somebody could, would tear you up right away and say, wait a minute, yeah, there was execution in the Old Testament. So there's other reasons if you want to defend no capital punishment, it's not this verse. But, so we see here, if, somebody call, if you call somebody an idiot, well, not even just angry, if you call somebody an idiot, have you ever been called an idiot? Have, no, keep your hand up. Have you ever called somebody an idiot? Look at all these hands, and I'm so glad you're honest. That is murder. Now, what this is not saying is, since you've called him an idiot, you have a right to go kill him. It's the same thing. You, there'd be a, our, our jails would be full. No. The, what Christ is not saying is, oh, now that you've done this, you might as well go the full way. But what Christ is saying here is, look behind the commandment. Everything, what's behind the commandment? You want to get as far away from murder as possible. And that means when somebody upsets you, ticks you off, hurts you, you love them. You, you pray for them. You talk to them. You're gentle with them. You don't fight back. You don't get tit for tat with them. That's very important here. And that's the thrust behind this commandment. Obvious violations are right here. Purposeful decapitation is also one of them as well. If you're doing that, that's, that's an obvious violation. Um, so we got manslaughter. English, we have, in English, we are much more clear. In, in uh, original, we're not as much. So here... Subtle violations, anger, hatred, lack of love, raka, calling somebody empty-headed, fool, fool calling, disrespect, essence, who controls, who controls your emotions? That's what you need to ask yourself. Who is in control of your emotions? Right now, today, who is in control of your emotions? Is it God? When you're out on the basketball court and you miss a shot or your brother makes a three-pointer on you as you're charging toward him, and, and, you're, and you say something very angrily, who's in control of your emotions? I'm not talking about you, Luke. There's another guy named Schmook. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's the, um, what does this mean? Yeah, we know what it means, right? We know what it means, right? No, no committing adultery. The deeper thing behind this is also, uh, I don't have that. The, the deeper thing behind this is if you look upon a woman to lust after her, we also know that adultery is wrong. This is specifically talking about a married woman and man. But even as unmarried, the scripture says that is fornication, that is forbidden. Christ said in, the, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, you guys remember what Christ said in Matthew chapter 5 concerning this commandment? If you lust after a woman, what happens? You've committed adultery already within your, in your heart. I'm not going to ask everybody to raise their hands on this. This, if we're honest with ourselves, we've all committed this sin. We may not have gone a full way to adultery or to fornication, but if you're, th what this law forbids is go behind the law. Don't just go up and say, oh, I haven't actually committed a physical act. Step behind the law and say, um, how, am I, how do I deal with homosexuality? In this world, this is what we're dealing with. How do I view homosexuality? How do I view tra transgender? Do I realize that God has made male and female? Male and female created he them. Male and female. Do we realize that it was meant for man and woman to be together? Never man and man and never woman and woman. Divorce is forbidden by God. God, the Bible Scripture says, does he, what does he 
think about divorce? What's God feel about divorce? He hates it. He hates it. So when you guys are married and get married, anything that comes close to getting you divorced, that's on that path, Jesus says, step back from divorce, step back from adultery, step back, get to the root of it, get into your heart, and let God work in there and say, God, I'm starting to have this feeling towards someone. I'm having this inappropriate thought. And many of you girls and boys and guys here are very young. You're 14, 15, 16. Inappropriate thoughts and inappropriate relationships should not be occurring. Physical relationships should not be occurring at your age. Very, very important. Stay away from physical type of sexual type of contact, uh, uh, connections and, and touching as, as much as you can, meaning all the time. And if you can't do that, what's the Bible say you should do? Flee. What did you say? Flee. Do we have more strength against Satan or against fornication? Huh? Up here, guys. Pay attention. People to the left. My left. Your right. Who has more power? Who do we have more power on as Christians? Against God, against Satan or against lust and fornication? Satan. What did, God, what did the Scripture say about Satan? What should we do? How does Satan resi- flee from us? You said resist him. The Bible says resist the devil. And what will he do? He will flee from you. But when it comes to sexual temptation, guys, when it comes to sexual temptation... You are weaker when you stand there and you sit there and you, and you allow yourselves to be tempted. You are weaker. You're not stronger. You might think like, I can resist this. I'm strong. I'm tough. The weaker person sits there, stays there, continues where he's at. The weaker, the wimpier person does that. The wiser person says, flee fornication, fornication and flee youthful lusts. We can't fight this flesh. The only way we can fight this flesh in that instance is to get out of there. Get away from that, the hormonal area where you're at. Get away. Run, run, run. You have more power against the devil to resist him. He doesn't say flee from the devil. He says resist the devil and he will flee from you. But in all the two instances in the, in the New Testament, it's flee fornication and flee youthful lusts. Here it is. Marriage is designed for the essence, for purity. A picture of Christ in the church. Oh yeah, obviously, we won't get into it. Pornography. Many of you young men are, are involved in it, have been involved in it. Stop it. It's wrong. If you, find, if you are involved in it, find someone in your local church, a pastor that you can talk to or a friend to hold you accountable and say and can check in on you. It's sin. It's sin. And don't fool yourself. It is sin. It is a violation of the commandment. Next commandment, thou shalt not steal. Pretty simple. Um, what do we always think about with stealing? Going into a bank, you know, a guy with a mask and robbing. Bad stuff, right? But here we go. Taking stuff from work. I, th- this is where I want to, real quick, when, we're going, when you're going through the Ten Commandments, it should change you. And what I started noticing, there were things that, I co- when I come home from work, I have a lot of stuff on me. I have per- per- PPE on me, I have gloves, I have all these things on me. And somehow what happens is you go, you undress, they stay there. Well, then I do a work project at home and I need some gloves that are Kevlar, is it? They're Kevlar. And so I take these gloves and, and then eventually I have these gloves there and many other things that just end up at home. Or you might think, I'm going to make these photocopies at work. Or I'm going to do this. The Ten Commandments, when you study the Word, should change you. And I was so thankful that there are many instances in these commandments that it changed my life. It, sin was exposed. And that's what these commandments do. They expose sin where you didn't know there was sin in your life. You need to look and say, how am I stealing? How am I robbing God? How am I committing adultery? How am I doing these things? And back away from that. Don't think, I've, um, this one I got under, under wraps. How am I doing this? Um, am I stealing credit? If somebody did, somebody did, a, you know, did a nice thing, and they, they, they saw you in the room, and they thought you did it, hey, good job, Erwin. And if I'm just quiet about it, and I'm, and I'm just like, I'm kind of taking credit for that. Then we should defer and say, now, you know, sister so-and-so so did that. I just kind of helped out. Do we take credit for things that aren't ours? Stealing time, effort. Um, employees, are you, when you go to work, many of you work, are you giving your full value? Um, s- stealing the heart. Do we rob God? If you're too stingy, remember, everything that you own is God's. 
If you're too stingy with something, with your money or with your, even your talent, and you don't want to go talk to somebody, the Lord, you, know, you should go talk to one of your friends. I don't want to go talk to him. It's effort to go talk to him. You're being stingy with your personal time. You're robbing God. You're robbing that person of the blessing that God wants to give you. If you have money and if you have an ability, when you're older, if you have an ability to help out someone, and if you're like, I'm going to, you know, I got to save for my retirement, and, and you're, you can be stingy with, with you can rob God and, be, and steal with being too stingy. Our satisfaction should be in Christ. Commandment number nine Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. All right, so what do you do? What do you do when somebody says, hey, how do I look? And they, they look a little bit nasty. They got maybe like a big booger hanging out of their nose. Do you tell them that they look good? Or you, how do you handle that? So you had that before where somebody asks you how they look. What do you say? And maybe they don't look as, but you don't want to hurt their feelings. Is it okay to lie then? Okay, what do you do? Just look at them. So, hey, how do I look? And you just look at them. Or, or run. Do you run? <laughs> like, so anytime somebody says, how do I look? You know if they run, that, that gives you the answer. But they're not lying. So go look in the mirror and get the booger out of your nose, the little woolly. What do you do? What do how, how do you guys handle that? Okay, what I want you to do is we, we've got seven minutes. I've got to release you. It's still 1140, right? Oh, in the back. Okay, come with there. Or if they say, hey, I like the way you breathe. <laughs> you know, no, I don't. Compliment her. Distract them. Or, you know, I've had my aunt years ago. She would ask me how much money I make. You know, is that an appropriate question to ask? Yeah, yeah, you can, you can ask any question, right? But not every, here's the, here's the thing you also need to remember. Not every question, unless you're children, your parents, you, if your parents ask you a question when you're under 18, you need to answer the question. Pastor Webel, Forum Leader Irwin did not say you don't answer. But if you're outside and somebody says, you know, how much money do you make? Not every question deserves an answer. That is, the, so... There are ways you can get out of answering questions or say, you know, I really would rather not answer that question. That's kind of makes me, that makes me, what's that one? It makes me uncomfortable. There's a good one. You know, how do I look? It really makes me uncomfortable to tell you that you don't look too good. So that, that would be a way to do it in, very inappropriately. But so with, this, with my aunt, what I said to her, I said, well, I made more money than last year, but hopefully less money than next year. Isn't that the truth, right? Or not as much as I would like. Or I'm content. That's the really super spiritual answer. That's the super spiritual, which people will think boring, right? Okay, so you need to be very careful with our words. Our words do mean things. And when we talk about other people, have we ever inappropriately stated what other people are like? Have we ever said, oh, I saw this person do this, and they're like this, and they did this, and that's what they think? How many of us have saw somebody do something and have extrapolated to tons of other things. Oh, yeah. That is bearing false winds to your neighbor. Yeah, I saw Irwin. You know, he went into which restroom? Oh, right? Maybe somebody says that. Meanwhile, they didn't know. The restaurant was closed. He went in there to clean. You're, you're, hurts your neighbor. Okay, so very important here is how we treat our neighbor and what we say. Our words mean things. Remember the commandment of taking the name of the Lord God in vain? This is what we do with humans. When we, when we take the name of the Lord our God in vain, we are speaking lies about God. We are saying that God wouldn't do that. My God isn't like that. God wouldn't send people to hell. He's not that holy. We're doing the same thing about other people. God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to always speak the truth. And if that means that we can't say something because we don't have all the information, that's okay. You don't always have to share everything that you saw that Irwin went into the women's restroom. You need to find out, oh yeah, he was cleaning. He's got a janitorial job now and he's helping out here or he's, he's doing this. And you leave all that information off to paint a picture of deception. Maybe because you don't like someone. Inappropriate. Um, we won't get into this now, but is, is it appropriate to lie? This is the typical one. You've heard this one. If, you have a, if, if you're in World War II, you're in Nazi Germany, and you have a Jew underneath your kitchen table, and, you know, or you have some hidden, and the Nazis come and say, do you have any Jews with you? What, what should you do? There are schools of, different schools of thought. We won't even get into that now, whether you lie to protect them, or because they're a, you know, an invader, or do you, do you tell the truth at all times? I, I lean on the side of telling the truth at all times, no matter what the consequences are, but there are good theologians on all sides that have said, 
that it would be appropriate at times to do that. I don't subscribe to that, but that is a you know, question. How do you handle stuff like that? So you need to be prepared. Not that we're, we might be heading there sometime with the way the world is going. Okay. We got one more commandment in two minutes. We'll get there. Off. There it is. Off. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, his manservant, his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass. That might mean son. Who knows? <laughs> nor anything that is your neighbor's. The biggest violation, oh, this is a being fault witness, is being, uh, is the way we can be a biggest false witness is by not telling the truth about Jesus Christ to others. If you want to lie, you have a friend that's a Muslim, a friend that's not a Christian, a friend, and you never tell them about Jesus Christ. You've borne the greatest false witness that you ever would. Tell the truth. Um, this is the only commandment that's hidden. Of all the other commandments, it appears. It shows up. This is the one commandment that's fully hidden. Covet means to hanker after, to desire greatly. Um, basis for all other commandments. Are you content? This is your struggle with contentment. Are you content? You shall not covet. Here's all my references, and if you want to write my name down there, I will email you, and this will probably be on some website somewhere, but if you want a quicker, I can, if you send me an email, I will attach it, and you can, uh, you can have this presentation. Any quick questions? Because it is 1139.28. You can tell Roy that I was on time. Any questions? Have a good day.